You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another uh, QuickBooks Power Hour. Today, uh, we're we do these every once in a while where we, where we do some hot topics from the QuickBooks Power users Facebook group. Um, what we do is we kind of comb through, uh, you know, a couple of the recent uh, recent posts that, that might have some um, some good impact uh, that we want to make sure that, that we kind of unpack some of these things. Uh, last time we kind of called it Stump the Chump. Uh, if you have a, a particular question that's just kind of burning uh you can put those in the in the q a as we go through this uh this hour but we do have uh quite a few things to um to kind of unpack here through uh through, through the most recent weeks here uh so michelle hi everybody michelle long cpa with an mba in entrepreneurship um author of several different books you can check those out on amazon and there you find the links uh to the facebook group that dan's referring to if you haven't joined it yet please do very active group. Love to see you out there. Go ahead, Dan. All right. My name is Dan DeLong, owner at Dan Witt. I uh, worked at Intuit uh, for nearly 18 years, um, co-hosting today as well as over at uh, Workshop uh, Wednesdays at the schoolbookkeeping.com as the chief content creator there as well. Uh, so a little bit of the details about the QB Power Hour if you're just joining us. Uh, it's every other Tuesday, uh, currently unavailable for uh, CPE credit. Um, but uh, if you need CPE credit, you're probably not joining us today because the tax deadline is tomorrow uh, for um, uh, for business returns. Um, but check out the website for for upcoming events uh, that we have. Uh, you know, uh, as far as topics uh, are concerned, we are going to have uh, at the end of April. Uh, we're we're hoping to have uh, Intuit come on to talk about the the, the Q- commerce tab that we, we did kind of mention that a couple couple uh, web, webinars ago um, and they're actually going to come on and talk about some of the things that are coming uh, uh, nearly coming and future future state of, of what uh, what you should expect to see in the commerce tab so look forward to that um, and then we have uh, some housekeeping so if you if you have any direct uh, questions about what it is that we're we're talking about today please put those in the Q&A because it allows us to follow up uh, with that if it is something that we can't answer answer live. Uh, if you have just general comments about, you know, how you feel about uh, daylight savings time or <laughs> or losing your luggage or anything like that, welcome to put those in the in the chat. Uh, that's more of a conversational, you know, type of thing. But if you have uh, specific questions that you want uh, Michelle or I to answer uh, today, uh, please put them in the Q&A. And then, of course, we have the uh, links there for the for the handouts uh, as well. You can always go to qbpowerhour.com uh, slash resources uh, and down uh, there's a link there to download the handouts uh, on our website directly. Uh, so some of the things that we're going to kind of uh, pass through or, or, or talk about or unpack today, uh, we want to talk about the, the changes with uh, QuickBooks point of sale. Um, it's, unfortunately, it's end of life. <laughs> so we kind of want to talk about, uh, you know, what that means uh, to those uh, those customers that might be might be impacted into its uh, direction or partnership with Shopify point of sale. We'll kind of unpack a little bit about that. And then um, since that is discontinuing, I want to uh, 
you know, reiterate um, the service discontinuation policy that they have and QuickBooks 2020 desktop is, is, uh, is currently on its, uh, uh, on that, um, that track of, of uh, service discontinuation. <laughs> and everybody's talking about chat GPT. So we want to talk about AI in, uh, in accounting uh, and, and kind of take our, our, our take on it. And uh, if you are under a rock or in Buenos Aires, uh, in uh, over this weekend, you may have missed uh, that uh, there there was a small bank collapse uh, this weekend, and we kind of want to talk a little bit about that because there is a lot of information, and we want to um, kind of unpack um, and and, and uh, you know direct attention uh, to where might be a good resource uh, for uh, for you as accounting professionals. Uh, and then we had some some posts that we want to um, you know talk about and highlight. Uh, there's a client uh, disconnection. Uh, then we had a, a post about uh, deleting transactions through SASANT, uh, closing date uh, challenges, and and things of that nature. And we um, want to throw a little bit about um, there, there's some terms uh, factoring, retainage, and retainers, and we want to kind of set those lanes as far as what that actually is, because there was a post about that. Uh, and then always, it seems like every month there's something about unapplied cash payment. So it stands to, uh, stands to uh, help that we kind of unpack that uh, as well. And uh, yes, Michael also um, correctly pointed out that it wasn't just uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, it was a Signature Bank as well, uh, also uh, have, had, some, had some issues. So. <clears throat> First thing is um, QuickBooks point of sale. So when I worked at Intuit um, in one, 2002, um, they launched a small product uh, all called QuickBooks point of sale, um, which was uh, focused on the retail uh, retail industry. And it's a separate separate desktop software that um, that integrated with uh, QuickBooks desktop because at that time that was the uh, that was the platform to use and. Uh, I was one of the first uh, 14 people uh, to, to learn about and support that, uh, that program add into it uh, and was with the, with that organization for probably about seven years uh, add into it. Uh, I, I learned so much about uh, business acumen, right. You know, cause this is one of those things, you know, retail is one of those things that, you know, you, you kind of have to know, uh, inventory and and those concerns that that businesses have about you know stock levels because you you if you have something out of stock well you can't sell it right <laughs> um, and and those types of things and, and uh, sales tax and 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 um, you know those that's very important uh, to a to a retail business charging credit cards um, a lot of things that uh, a lot of accountants and bookkeepers uh, tend to run screaming from the hills. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm not going to deal with a with a company that's got the inventory issues. But those things were currently, um, you know, at the forefront uh, of those types of those types of businesses. Well, you know, it, it's kind of ebbed and flowed about you know QuickBooks point of sale because you know one of the things that that is uh, challenging about uh, about that software is that it was a desktop software and it required uh, a it required a Windows-based operating system in order to install it. And, uh, you know, as the evolution of, of retail has, has happened from 2002 uh, to today, 
Um, I mean, you go into, you know, small cafes and, and, uh, you know, boutiques and things like that, you know, a big clunky computer, uh, that's running a, a cash register just wasn't, you know, in the feng shui of, you know, <laughs> setting up, setting up a retail, a retail establishment. So, um, you know, Intuit had, uh, you know, I think about eight years ago, they had partnered with, uh, Revel, uh, Revel point of sale is really, uh, Kind of focused on uh, restaurants and and those that that was kind of their their uh, niche. Uh, so they partnered with uh, with Revel. Uh, thing about Revel is it is it sent information to QuickBooks Online, which was of course you know in line with uh, their strategies. And um, you know that didn't go well, right? <laughs> that that partnership did not did not go well for a couple of years. Uh, but during that time. QuickBooks point of sale was not being actively developed, right? So um, it kind of has a similar track as uh, QuickBooks uh, Pro for Mac, right? There was there was times where you know where Intuit was not actively or as aggressively uh, developing uh, that software, and what ends up happening in that particular instance is that you know technology changes during that period of uh, of a hiatus. So then it becomes a, a, a catch-up challenge, right? Like, what do we do, right? To uh, uh, how do we, you know, how do we get catch up with the times? And what happened during that period with uh, with Revel is, uh, you know, the, the the look and feel of QuickBooks Point of Sale just didn't look modern enough. So you know, they ended up, you know, slapping a um, <laughs> a, a new user interface over top of QuickBooks Point of Sale, but still the the core features and functionality was still based off of what it what it was uh, prior to that. Well, you know that that meant that was an inconsistent experience between the new user interface and the and the old feature functionality. And uh, you know, as time went on, and there's still you know uh, in that particular uh, situation where. Um, you know, you have to have a Windows-based operating system in order to install it on. It's only going to uh, synchronize to uh, QuickBooks uh, Desktop, which you know that that is uh, the feature functionality of the, the financial exchange that really separated um, you know QuickBooks Point of Sale from the other Point of Sale players that were out there. Uh, how you could the flexibility that you had with with sending data from your Point of Sale software into into QuickBooks financial. And um, so that ultimately ended up with, uh, you know, you're, you were kind of stuck with, well, if you wanted to have a tablet-based point of sale system, like, you know, the squares of the world or the clovers of the world or the, you know, the other players that were that were out there, uh, you would have to get a Surface, right? Like a, micro, uh, a, a you know, Microsoft Surface was really the only tablet-based type of thing that you could have QuickBooks point of sale on and have that experience. Well, you know, I mean, though, that, that's just a little limiting, right? And then you still have the same issues that, you know, you have with a, with a desktop, you know, desktop software. So all of that to say is that QuickBooks uh, or Intuit has made the, the, the difficult decision to end selling and uh, servicing uh, QuickBooks point of sale. So the dates, just so that you're uh, aware, is uh, February 7th, which is already in the past. Uh, they are no longer actively selling uh, QuickBooks point of sale. 
So um, you can't even buy a new uh, software license. Now, if you have an existing client who's currently using uh, QuickBooks Point of Sale and they want to add a seat or, um, you know, up, unlock from, you know, basic to pro, they can still do that uh, during that, that this period of time. But, um, you know, if they need a new license, uh, they're not selling new licenses, new software licenses of, of uh, QuickBooks Point of Sale. On October 3rd of this year, uh, so that's about what the uh, eight months, you know, between the between those two dates uh, will be the service discontinuation. And then we will uh, currently, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of unpack, you know, service discontinuation. But really, what does that mean on uh, October 3rd? I put the wrong date there. If you, <laughs> it's a part of the challenge there. Uh, point of sale is actually going to still open. Um, you know, on or on that day of, of, of October 4th, right? It's not going to cease to work um, when they when they go to open uh, QuickBooks point of sale. Um, what, will, what will happen is that online services that are connected to QuickBooks point of sale will stop working, right? So if they're using integrated QuickBooks payments, um, then it will stop. It, will, it won't be able to charge a credit card. Um, if they're using multi-store with different multiple locations, the online store exchange method will, will uh, cease to work. There are four other uh, store exchange methods that will st still continue to work, right? So they can send through email or they can you know, send a file, uh, those types of things. It's the online store exchange, you know, any online connected services. So if you, if you, if you, um, you know, want to put it in the bucket, you know, it does this need the internet in order to continue to, to do it uh, directly, uh, then, then that's going to cease to work. So they won't have live support. There will be product updates. Um, so if you are integrating, you know, QuickBooks payments uh, into the point of sale, which is definitely a time savers, um, it, um, because there's no product updates going to be be created, that could be a security issue, right? So you might, uh, because payment, you know, payment card industry standards are constantly changing. So uh, if you're not getting the payroll uh, payment updates, uh, product updates, and of course you want, you know, there could be a a security risk uh, of continuing uh, to use. Now, if you um, you know, find another uh, payment processor and process uh, your, your credit card uh, payments outside of that, that's totally fine. Uh, however, you know, any prior transactions that were processed and, and stored within uh, QuickBooks point of sale that were credit card related, that, you know, the, that's still there, right? So it, there, there still is the, the issue uh, for that. Now they did uh, with the point of sale version 19, uh, there was a uh, an integration with uh, Webgility, you know, to be able to synchronize uh, your inventory levels uh, across your online sales channel, so that uh, Webgility Sync will will no longer work on October fourth, uh, as well as the Go Payment uh, synchronization. So you could basically use a uh, Go Payment uh, app and do inventory synchronization for like trade shows and and things like that. So those are the things that are are discontinuing. Uh, we do have the um, Intuit FAQs uh, link there, as well as a blog article uh, and workshop that that uh, I did with Kerry uh, Khan as well there. So those those links there kind of uh, talk a little bit more about you know this 
you know, our, our, our insight into uh, what this is, uh, what this is happening. And, so the next, go ahead. And Dan, Dan Ma- Mandy wants to know if the QB point of sale users have been notified already about this change. Yeah. The, the, the customer communication has, has already started to, to, to go out uh, to, to customers. Uh, that happened, I think, on the 19th uh, of February. Um, the uh, To their credit, right, so to Intuit's credit, um, you know, Intuit is, is, is partnering with, with Shopify, and I've had some meetings with the, with the folks over at Shopify Point of Sale, and they have actually, uh, which, is, which is kind of um, uh, new, uh, <laughs> new experience for me, they've actually learned from their mistakes. Uh, <laughs> which usually when they make changes, uh, you know, there's been so much um, overturn or turnover. That's why, <laughs> that the new people for, you know, try the same things that the last people try. Right. So, you know, they've, they've done this before where they've partnered with another point of sale provider uh, with, with rebel and they've taken those learnings um, to Shopify. Like they, uh, when I had some meetings with, with the folks over at Shopify, they were like, uh, you know, this is all the things we did with Rebel and you're not going to do. <laughs> right. So like they, they, they did really learn from, from their mistakes, kind of gave them, gave them their, their, their marching orders. <laughs> um, but Intuit was handling the, um, uh, the, all of the communication. Uh, so they, you know, Shopify, you know, to their, um, you know, of course, that that challenge is a little bit. They had to wait until uh, Intuit was uh, was actually ready to communicate that uh, that message to to customers uh, and and other people that were that were affected uh, as well. So um, so they were playing a lot of you know hurry up and wait. Um, which once that uh, once that communication went out, uh, then it was okay. Cats out of the bag. Let's 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 move forward. Right. So one of the reasons why this does make sense is there has really been little to no update since version 10, which was about 10 years ago. <laughs> um, so, you know, QuickBooks point of sale itself uh, has been, you know, kind of just sitting there. Right. I mean, it was very, uh, very feature robust. It was a robust uh, point of sale software at the at the time. It's just kind of technology uh, has, has been a little bit more lean. Uh, since then, of course, cloud-based has has entered into the into the mix, um, and then of course that tablet-based uh, point of sale was really limited to the Windows Surface. Uh, Shopify is a cloud-based uh, offering, right? Uh, so limited, um, and then a limited disruption, right? So um, you know, you look at other uh, uh, point of sale softwares. There's very little that will still integrate with with QuickBooks Desktop. That was one of the learnings uh, that they learned from the last, you know, partnership with 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 Revel is that okay? Well, let let's let this you know if they still want to be on QuickBooks Desktop, they still can be right because you you upheave their their point of sale, uh, up upheaving their financial or their back office. On top of that, that's just a lot of change, a lot all, all at once. So. Um, QuickBooks point of sale, or I'm sorry, Shopify point of sale will uh, will still continue to synchronize with QuickBooks desktop. So they don't have to update uh, their QuickBooks and their point of sale at the same time. And then, of course, you know the the, the recognition that Shopify point of sale is um, 
you know, is, is well, uh, well type of uh, receipt. All right. So what are the details? All right. So there's a lot of, because of the, because of the communication uh, of this point of sale uh, was, was hinged on uh, Intuit. Um, we, there was a lot of things that we didn't know until that communication happened. So, uh, the monthly cost, you know, there's that's that's one of the things that is going to be a uh, a challenge for um, for for customers because uh, they paid for a software license for uh, QuickBooks Point of Sale and now they're transitioning to a monthly cost for for Shopify Point of Sale. Uh, Intuit is offering a first year discount of fifty um, percent, or they're making Shopify rather give a fifty percent discount for that first year. Um, and it's uh, per location. So if they have 20 locations, then, you know, you can kind of do the math there. We're all accountants and bookkeepers, right? <laughs> um, the app uh, to Shopify e-commerce is required, right? In order to add on Shopify point of sale, it's not just a standalone system. You have to have Shopify e-commerce and then you add on the point of sale uh, to that. Uh, the desktop integration is detailed transactions for now. Uh, so the option of doing daily sales summaries uh, into your into your QuickBooks desktop is currently not the uh, the desktop integration. The migration tool that uh, QuickBooks or Intuit is um, having Shopify make available uh, will only move lists. So your sales history uh, is not going to come along for the for the ride, and you know. Uh, these dates keep changing. They, you know, originally it was September 30th, but that was uh, on a weekend or something like that. So they had to change some of the dates. Um, and then another thing to consider is that existing hardware is likely not compatible. So, you know, that investment of, uh, of hardware, like receipt printers, cash drawers, you want to make sure that that hardware is, is compatible. They're using a, a compatible hardware bundle because that's another thing to, uh, to consider. So that's a lot to unpack about uh, about QuickBooks point of sale. Um, did I uh, miss anything, uh, Michelle? Uh, anybody have a, uh, a question that, that you noticed there through the through the chat or? No, um, just it seems like, you know, a couple of people were asking, you know, if Shopify is going to take over QuickBooks point of sale and it's more replacing QuickBooks point of sale, that point of sale will right. no longer be available. And I was just getting ready to type in a note there. You know, if you all have any clients or know anybody that's using point of sale, be proactive and reach out to them now um, that you may be, need to be making a transition um, to the new one because all those online connected services, as Dan mentioned, will be ceasing to work come October. So this is an opportunity for you to be proactive and reach out to those clients because a lot of times the clients may be getting those communications and those emails, but they may not be paying attention to it. And they may not realize the ramifications of what Dan was just saying about what will quit working and, and how it's going to impact them. So this is your opportunity to reach out to those clients and be proactive about what they need to change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it, it um, and just because it's, there's, there's a, a preferred method doesn't mean that that is the best best method for the customer, right? So this may be a trigger event to really look at, okay, well, maybe I do want to go completely cloud-based with my, with my retail establishment. No. So that, that's just one of those things to just be aware of that that's happening. Um, 
And uh, in conjunction with that, of course, there, every year there is a service discontinuation on a QuickBooks des- desktop product. Um, and this is, uh, you know, this combined with the, the, the QuickBooks point of sale news, um, you know, it, every year, you know, this starts the, oh, desktop's going away. <laughs> right. But this is this is service discontinuation. Right. So um, and this happens every year. You know, the QuickBooks or uh, into its policy is the the most recent version as far as uh, support and uh, online services that, that, that work with the desktop product plus two years prior. Right. And so the cycle, the life cycle of, of uh, or the release cycle of, of QuickBooks desktop is typically in the fall. Um, so they don't automatically peel off the the oldest version uh, right when they have that they typically have uh, you know some a grace period and that's 20, 20 we're in the 2020 grace period right so 2023 was released in the fall of 2022 and um, so they they uh, they time this until after after the tax deadline right so <laughs> if you're on 2020 you can you can make it to the end of, uh, of taxes of May 31st um, that's when that that one uh, that that version will will kind of peel off, right? And again, it's it's online services that are discontinued. So it's um, all payroll services, including workforce and uh, QB time, credit card processing, the accountant's copy transfer service. Doesn't mean that you can't still send your accountant copy uh, through a file. Uh, you just can't send it through the online connected uh, accountant's copy transfer service. Uh, contributed reports again. It's a it's an online um, thing, um, and then multi currency exchange rates. Again, you're downloading something into QuickBooks. Uh, that is not something that will will continue to work after that service gets discontinuation. Uh, and then online banking, even Web Connect files that you download directly from the bank. You know, you're, you're thinking that okay, this is not an online direct connection uh, in in the in QuickBooks, but as soon as you try to import that that uh, web connect file, it has to go out on the internet to verify that that web uh, that web connect file and that financial institution is uh, legitimate, and so that piece will not will not work either. So direct connections or or, or web connect uh, with QuickBooks twenty twenty. Now, okay, Dan, it does happen. Well, go ahead. No. What about <laughs> what what about a journal entry import? Will that still be available? That still, I, I think that still works because I've seen journal entries um, actually work across versions, right? Like you can create, export a, ver, a, a journal entry out of 2021 and bring it into 2020 uh, or vice, you know, vice versa, right? Like you create, export out a, a journal entry file out of uh, out of 2020 and bring it into a later version. So um, I don't see that being a, uh, a, a anything that's stopping there. It doesn't need a, a a desktop or, a, or an online connection in order to do that. Uh, but okay. That interesting. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Donna said specifically the accountant's import journal entry file. Yep. Yeah, the QBJ file. I think that's yeah. what she's referring to. Yeah. yeah that is uh, that is something that you should be able to use uh, regardless. I'd have to actually test it to, to be sure. But right. um, I have I have not heard anything. I mean, there's a uh, links to the discontinuation policy, and I did not see anything mentioned about the uh, the journal entry uh, import process. Okay, <clears throat> on, and, on and another thing, 
Okay. Another thing to clarify, when you say QB desktop, that's all QB desktop, including QB accountants, including enterprise, including Mac, all desktop yep. products, correct? Yeah. Yep. Anything okay. that's version 2020 year, right? I, I, let's see. I, I think we're in version 32 <laughs> of, uh, okay. of, of actually, of, of uh, or, or is it 33? I'm not sure. Of the release updates on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And okay. And then um, Michael says, I have one client on Desktop Pro 2020. We're changing payroll to Patriot, and they're not wanting to change desktop versions. Since payroll was the only online add-on, should QuickBooks 2020 continue to work? Um, I, not being intimate with uh, with Patriot payroll, I'm not sure of the, the, the way that it gets data into, uh, into QuickBooks. If it's using a Web Connect, uh, QuickBooks Web Connector, um, that is not an online service, right? So you, you're able to, you know, if they're they're creating a file, um, and and you're using the the QuickBooks Web Connector, that will continue to to work. Um, if you if they're using an IIF, um, you know, which is a file uh, that is um, Intuit Interchange Format, is what it actually stands for, but uh, typically, that was the old way of of getting data from you know third party applications into into QuickBooks, like um, ADP, for example. They create an IIF file that will continue to uh, to work. Yeah. Okay, and that's what Michael says they use. The one thing I would be concerned about: Patriot was using that SVB, yeah. <laughs> the Silicon Valley Bank right. that we just were talking about. Um, <laughs> so, based on that alone, <laughs> you might want to reconsider. We'll talk about the whole issue. Yeah, that, that'll be the next slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing about this, and I think um, uh, I saw something float through in, in the chat. This is the last version. 2020 was the last version that was non-subscription based, right? So as this discontinues, right, that means that every other um user of QuickBooks Desktop is on some kind of subscription, right? Whether they're still using QuickBooks 2021 or or not, they are on the plus subscription model, right, for uh, for desktop, which means that they have access to 2023 and 2024 when it comes out and so on and so forth. So I am interested to see what happens next year, you know, with uh, what is their discontinuation policy? Is it just they peel off? the uh, the oldest version as far as uh, uh, support is concerned or right like as we're all thinking the sky is falling what is going to happen next <laughs> next year with desktop because now that everyone's on a subscription model uh, what does that mean for the subscription next year when it comes to uh, service discontinuation now you know you talk to anybody into it and they're always like uh, desktop's not going away um, and uh, as long as there's a hard drive there's a place for desktop um, and there is always a core allegiance to desktop QuickBooks, right? So there, there, there still is a place for for QuickBooks desktop uh, in the in the world, right? So, uh, and as long as they see a market for that, then of course they're 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 still gonna you know make it available. Um, but uh, an interesting thing about the you know if I actually clicked on the discontinuation uh, policy here, and it finally shows up. Right. Several people are um, actually saying 2021 was the last year 
um, before subscription as opposed to 2020, just for clarification. So 2020 or 2021? Uh, 2021 for uh, for accountant version. Um, other, uh, I'll have to double check, but I, I believe it's. Uh, and now somebody plus. says they have 2022 and it's not subscription based, so they still say there's some non-subscription based available. Um, so. End users should be all on a subscription. Yeah. Um, by now, so if, I mean, you may, as an accountant, may not may, may be able to buy a standalone uh, accountant version. Yeah, uh, which that was the last version. Yeah, that that's wasn't. that's where the confusion's coming from. Is accountant version yeah. versus end, end users? Yes. Yeah. yeah, but you look at the service discontinuation policy. Uh, there is uh, very little mention of well, just upgrade to <laughs> upgrade to the latest version of QuickBooks to to maintain these things. It's more of well, move uh, move to QuickBooks Online, right? So that is. Uh, Clearly, uh, their, you know, their intention, right? You know, move to QuickBooks Online. Uh, that's that's not a surprise. Um, but typically, in prior uh, service discontinuations, there was at least an honorable mention of, <laughs> of going to the next version of, of of QuickBooks Desktop. Now it's not even mentioned. Uh, so just bear that uh, bear that in mind. All right, uh, so we want to talk a little bit about AI and accounting, right? So uh, in the last couple of months, um, ChatGPT GPT has been uh, all of the buzz. Uh, I think the, the statistic was, uh, you know, in a week, they went from zero to a million users or something that's incredible like that. Um, and uh, we want to draw a little distinction between machine learning uh, versus versus um, you know, AI, right? So, um, you know, the bank feeds is is more of a of, a, of an a, uh, of a machine learning, right? So, as you use uh, you use something, then um, you know, then QuickBooks starts to get the idea. Like every time you go to Home Depot, you always code code it to jobs and supplies. Well, I'll do that uh, kind of next time, right? Well, um, AI is a little bit more, um, you know. It, more than that, right? Obviously, it uses machine learning to get to uh, get to a certain point. But um, you know, if you if you listen to the the cloud accounting podcast on on this, um, you know, it, it, it at today, right? It wasn't very, um, you know, if you ask ChatGPT, you know, where should I put this in my on my chart of accounts? You get a very generic answer, um, and, it, and as it's more of uh, you know, you get almost get the same answer if you ask it different things for different, you know, different circumstances. You know, if I bought a, uh, if I bought a business, what is goodwill and can I put that on the books? It's typically the same type of response that you end up getting. So talk to your accountant. You know, it's not a replacement for humans, right? So it's a, it's an enhancement, right? And uh, for one of the things that I've been seeing um, is is that has been very useful is more of a creative thing, and um, or, um, or 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 in communications, right? So as far as like writing a blog article uh, or a you know a YouTube description uh, or um, you know communicating firing with a, a client, client. <laughs> firing <laughs> a client. How do I fire a client? I heard somebody you know. Did use chat GPT to help come up with a, a letter to fire a client. 
you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Or, um, or wording for your types. blogs, like you, you mentioned. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you can go in and, and um, you know, re, uh, re, um, you know, re, have it reword, right? Like you can give it coaching. Uh, and I saw one thing on, uh, on, on, new, on the news. They actually, a college professor fed it answers or asked it questions on, a, on the MBA exam, and it actually passed. <laughs> it passed the MBA exam, um, you know, based on his, you know, uh, his interaction with it. it. Didn't you know some answers wasn't exactly you know the way that you wanted it uh, that, that he was looking for, but he was able to uh, formulate those uh, those things uh, and kind of give it uh, some 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 coaching, and it actually would would reword the response uh, in a way that he was uh, that the professor was actually looking for. So it actually is a I think it's a tool uh, and a tool to use. Um, I'm always a little skeptical of when you don't pay for something, you're typically the product, right? So especially at, at first, then it, when it was totally free, but I see now there's a chat GPT plus, uh, which is a, a subscription-based uh, type of thing. Uh, so it is, uh, it is, it is something to, uh, to just be aware of. And, you know, it does have a place. Uh, but I don't think yet it is. Uh, it's not going to replace uh, accounts and bookkeepers. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Michelle? Have you have you played around I, with it at all? Or? I I have played around with it quite a bit, and I, I think it is very helpful, like you said, on some of the soft skills side. And I think it could be helpful for clients. You know, what is my net income? What is my gross profit margin? You know, what does this mean? How could I improve my gross profit margin? I think it could help for some of those types of things. But as far as the doing accounting or things like that, you know, it's, it doesn't do that. Like you said, the machine learning can help with some of that stuff. But Chatbeat and GPT can help us in responding to some client inquiries or, like you said, you know, writing some of the client letters or client communications. Or, you know, I heard somebody said, um, you know, how would you write a description of our firm or the about us or what we do? And it was kind of terrible because it was traditional. We offer accounting, tax, and bookkeeping. I mean, it wasn't really that great. Yeah. Um, you know, but for doing some marketing copy or some, you know, blog posts or some things like that, I mean, it can really do some great things. And I, I used it for some stuff, um, you know, when I was researching some stuff on pricing, subscription pricing, you know, some things like that. It can give you some great ideas and great starting points. Um, but then you do some modifications to it and stuff. Um, it is yeah. really incredible um, as far as yeah. giving you a starting point and, and things. Yes. And Becca uh, just asked a question. What about Excel how-to questions? I have used it uh, for a lot of that, you know, how to do this in uh, Google Sheets or, uh, or Excel uh, when I don't know the, you know, the formula to, to start with. It has been, um, you know, because Googling those things, you end up with all of these um, you know, Ad. blog articles that uh, with ads and, and stuff like that. So having an ad free, you know, distraction free resource for those types of things is pretty, um, pretty phenomenal. Um, and it saved my behind a couple times with things that is really out of the out of my scope of knowledge with uh, with regards to, you know, spreadsheets. Uh, so that is a great way to utilize uh, chat GPT as well. 
if you haven't checked it out yet, just go play with it. Go check it out. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and type in what's the difference between a CPA or an EA or, you know, type in there, you know, help me write a letter to fire my client as an accounting professional or help me fire my tax client or, you know, or, go in there or and a proposal, right? Like, you know, yeah. things like, things yeah. like that of uh, engagement letters and, and those types of things are great, uh, great resource for that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Check it out and play with it. All right. So Silicon Valley bank uh, and now signature bank, uh, what we, what we know, right. On, uh, on the, the, the on Friday, uh, the federal government, the FDIC, took control of the bank. Uh, they dissolved it uh, and transitioned it to another bank. Um, and uh, it was the 16th largest bank uh, at the time. And being that it's situated in Silicon Valley, uh, a lot of venture capitalist funding uh, was customers or were customers of of that bank. Uh, so in the in the heart of uh, you know technology we have a basically a bank that is in in a matter of days uh went away <laughs> so that had a lot of um money movement uh challenges on friday which was typically a payday <laughs> uh for for a lot of people so payroll direct deposits weren't deposited uh bill payments uh the, the largest uh you know uh, ap automations you know bill.com and core pay and you know, uh, Melio uh, all had connections uh, to to that bank, and uh, you know things that were um, that, that were supposed to happen were either delayed uh, or just didn't happen uh, happen on that uh, on that day. Well, we don't know. Um, <laughs> we don't know who all was impacted, how it happened, who's to blame. That's all going to you know kind of sort out in the in the laundries, uh, so to speak. What will happen to other apps and, and any other uh, uh, ripple effects? Uh, uh, Michelle, you were able to uh, kind of ascertain any uh, any any takeaways on on, on what you saw uh, over the weekend? Well, yeah, you know, I I was interested in this, and once we got the internet, you know, I started listening to this and looking at this, and you know, I was following some of David Leary's um, posts on Twitter and and some of the comments there, and. And actually, the Cloud Accounting podcast. I was listening to some of that from from David Blake and the, and their guests and stuff like that. And I encourage you all to listen to it because they did have some good um, comments and good suggestions and good takeaways and things like that. Um, and Donna was just posting here, and somebody else did too about Patriot. Um, and that Patriot now has said, you know, hey, everything's great, and that they've been working with people and that they were very responsive and stuff. Um, and, and I saw a lot of apps as well, like Melio and Ripple and Lithio and Bill and um, all these other apps were posting. We're not impacted. Our payments were not affected or this, that and the other. And, but, but initially, Patriot was quiet for a while um, in, in the, the, the initial part of this when payroll was supposed to be processed. And I did see a tax EA. I don't remember who the person was, had posted on Twitter that said, Hey, our client's payroll, we don't know what happened. The client is asking me, am I bonded? Do I have insurance? Because I'm the one that's responsible. And, you know, the payroll went. And, and what happened was they were using this bank and, and the payroll funds were swept. And now all of a sudden everything's frozen. And the client's saying, what's going to happen to the paycheck? Our employees are expecting their paychecks and the funds are all frozen. What's happening? And you, Dan, are the accountant who's responsible and and I, of course, Dan, I'm just using the, you as the example. 
and the yeah. client and the, the, the accountant. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm to blame for all of it. <laughs> yeah, and the accountant is saying, I never take control of the funds. I just use this app to process it. The accountant is saying, what's my responsibility? I just processed it using Patriot, this app. And, and you know, they were, you know, they're like, hey, I don't have any control of the funds. What's my responsibility? You know, and so initially there was a lot of confusion, a lot of concern by the client, by the accountant, by Patriot, I'm sure. You know, I heard something that Ripple was going to fund the payroll with their own funds in the event that people weren't getting the paycheck. Just think about the, the, the Ripple effect then that all of a sudden now these, these employees, if their paychecks aren't there, then they, they have automatic payments coming out. You know, I mean, the, it's just, it was a disaster. And then also, even today, payments that could have been sent, like you and I were talking, Bill and Melio and other payment processing apps, a payment could have been sent on Thursday or Friday. It could have been scheduled to be sent. And it could be caught up in this mess because a lot of these banks are out of Silicon Valley and use SVB as a bank. And, and the payment may not be going through and you may not know about it for two or three days later, business days. And so there's a lot of ripple effects like you have out, uh, on there that you may not know about for days. And so it, it really was concerning. And one of the things that they mentioned on that um, Cloud Accounting podcast the fact that a lot of us and our clients don't even have access to our bank account numbers anymore. We just assume we're going to be able to log in. And if you pull up your bank statement, it's all X'd out except, except the last four numbers. And so that's something is, you know, making sure that the client at least has access to actual bank account numbers. Because a lot of times we don't have access to those anywhere. And if the website's down and you can't log in and get access, we may not even have access to an actual bank account number. And I get to thinking about that. I don't have access to my bank account numbers. <laughs> and they're not on your bank statement because they're all X'd out. We just assume we're always going to be able to log in and get access to that. You know, and so, you know, do listen to that Cloud Accounting podcast. Um, they, they had great tips, you know, thinking about, you know, some of these larger clients, they have in excess of $250,000 in that bank. Um, so they had exposure over and above the FDIC limit. Um, you know, so there's just a whole lot of things that, you know, a lot of us may not have considered um, exposure and risk. And, and it, it just raises a lot of ripple effects like like is there that a lot of people hadn't considered. And, and um, you know, because all of these, um, you know, this ecosystem, right, is, is basically, you know, maybe had maybe had a connection to the bank or or had some uh you know api rails or something you know something and what they end up doing is the having their own communications right um so so david and blake were were, were nice enough uh to create this bank collapse app dot info <laughs> website which if i click on it um well of course there's a there's a way to listen to the cloud accounting podcast right there but it has this nice list of apps that you know were that had some kind of exposure. Um, you can you can go in here and you can look at you know where did this come from, right? You know where did this exposure source? You know always always consider the source, 
uh, when when uh, when when looking at at the news, right? And then they they provide links, you know, to um, you know to that, or you can see uh, if there is like a, an email, they'll they'll take screenshots of the the email so that you can see it. So this is a nice. Um, uh, I mean, I really appreciate that from from David doing this is putting something all in one place so quickly. Uh, so that it's a nice place for you to, uh, to 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 get your information in one place that's that's a little bit vetted, right? It's not just like, well, I mean, even if it's uh, from an employee, right? They'll, <laughs> they'll even say, you know, um, unofficial communication, you know, it, like an employee said this or, or something like that. So, I mean, it, everything has a grain of salt level to it <laughs> uh, to be able to, you know, kind of put your own um you know take take on what what this information means um i don't know if there, i think there is and there is a way to search right so if you're if you want to you know the, the the what is your exposure you know to uh, to this you can look up all the apps that you happen to be uh you know using uh in your in your practice and see if there is a if there is a connection uh, to to the bank all right, so moving on to uh, some of the other things because we're coming up on the top of the hour. We're gonna actually get some of these uh, posts in the in the Facebook group. Uh, this is nice and short, and this is in the "What took you so long?" department. Uh, <laughs> client disconnection, finally, right? So you've you've parted ways with a client, uh, and you're no longer needing access to their books, and they're just dragging their feet, uh, deleting you uh, from uh, from the accountant uh, accountant section. You can finally um, remove them uh, from your client list so you don't see them anymore. You know, maybe things ended up poorly, right? <laughs> um, and you don't want to be reminded of, of that uh, connection. You can disconnect it. Uh, you just on the client list itself, you uh, click the drop down there and there's a delete uh, permanently. Um, and what that actually does is remove them from the client list. Uh, the reason that this took so long is that. Uh, the client list in QBOA and the client uh, list in your books were connected, right? Because this, uh, you had a client on your client list. They were a customer in your customer list inside your books. If you deleted them permanently from your client list, there is a potential that you would uh, inactivate or delete them permanently on your books, which, you know, is a no-no, right? I mean, you... Um, you do not want to delete a customer, especially if you had, in, you know, invoices and transactions that you wanted to, to post to them. This does not do that, right? It does not delete anything inside the yearbooks customer list, uh, and that's what they were, you know, trying to trying to sort that sort through. Uh, if you are the primary admin or the master admin, uh, you need to transfer that to them first. It will give you a message if you try to do that. Um, so that is um, that's that's kind of all that all all that is about that. This is a hooray thing for a lot of people just having a bunch of uh, clients on their client list that they're no longer connected to, um, and uh, and they're not, you know, they have other things to do other than delete you as the as the <laughs> as the invited accountant. So um, now you can uh, do that. All right. So we had uh, Mary Greaves. Uh, she posted uh, that she was doing some cleanup work with, and she was using an app, uh, Sassant Deleter, um, and uh, she was trying to delete transactions. Uh, you know, the app allows you to bulk delete uh, transactions out of out of QuickBooks, but um, these were duplicate expenses, 
and they were brought in from the bank feed. Uh, so um, any app, uh, that's that's a, that's the rule of the, the API, right? Like if, it, if there is a bank feed connection, um, you know, chances are it, it's probably been reconciled. If there is a bank feed connection to that particular transaction, the, um, the, the transaction itself will not be able to be deleted until that is severed. Right. So um, the challenge that uh, that Mary had is that she disconnected the bank feed. So she didn't have access to be able to bulk undo uh, these transactions. So unfortunately, um, that was something that she had to do manually uh, inside of inside of the, 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 the QBO because the bank feed connection was disconnected and um, and you were unable to undo uh, that's one of the things that you can do is if you have it still connected and you want to batch undo those transactions and, and remove that, that connection so that you can th- ultimately delete the transactions, um, you can do that in bulk, um, at least up to 300 at a time uh, to bring those transactions back into the for review where they're not actually have that uh, connection into the register anymore. And then that would allow you to be able to um uh, undo the or uh, delete the transaction. So, kind of going along with that, um, there was a there was another post with uh, with a closing date. Uh, so she was uh, creating a closing date uh, pretty regularly and putting a password on it. And uh, I love Michelle's um, you know recommended closing date password of five hundred dollars. <laughs> you got to up <laughs> that these days. Inflation thousand dollars. <laughs> Because that's the cost that it will take to uh, to fix whatever it is that they're 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 doing. But in her particular situation, it was just estimates, and I didn't even realize uh, that that um, making an edit to a non-posting transaction that was dated prior to the closing date uh, would stop that from happening. So um, this was a uh, this was a come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a non-posting transaction, why can't you edit edit that transaction? Desktop allows for that, right? You know, points for desktop. Um, <laughs> but any edits uh, couldn't couldn't change. Uh, she ended up ultimately answering her or finding her own workaround. Is that now she's future dating estimates um, so that they don't fall behind the closing date. Uh, she had her reasons, you know, to, you know, to, to not do, you know, not give the customer the, the, um, the closing date password because of sales tax, you know, you don't want your customer, you know, this is a, this is a, a boundary, a, a guardrail, you know, saving them from themselves <laughs> situation with regards to sales tax. Um, but this was a, this was definitely a, 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 a thing that was, I didn't even know about. So this is a, a good learning uh, learning experience. Uh, but definitely, if we all, you know, how many people? We have 150 people. If we all went to feedback <laughs> and put this in, it's like allow non-posting transactions to be edited, well, then we would save Natalie uh, a, a, host, a host of problems. <laughs> all right. Okay, Dan, um, before go you go on, can, can I ask you a question? Back on removing the client. When we remove the client, do they get an email when we delete them? You know, um, we get one if I, they delete us. Did they get an email when we delete them? Um, I, I I haven't seen the email. I did it yesterday. Um, I should reach out to the, the person that I deleted 
Uh, he's actually a friend, so he would actually answer me. Um, <laughs> but um, but I, I don't know, uh, to be quite honest. That would be a good uh, good follow-up just to see if they get an email. Uh, I saw some other people. What about team members? Uh, right, right. That, was, that that's that's not what we're dealing with here today. You still have to. You can only make them inactive as as team users, um, and and users are, um, you know, part of the challenge there is is what happens in the audit log. Um, you know, if you actually were de- able to delete users, um, of course, if this was you know years ago, um, there's you know there's that right. You don't necessarily need to go back that far. Uh, but it's it's typically that's that's the holdup with uh, with a lot of these uh, deleting users uh, type of thing is what does it look like then in the in the audit log and you know if you ever needed to to, to review that. And so we had this post about um, factoring um, and it seemed like uh, I see I saw a lot of this all at once right so there was um, you know there's factoring there's retainers and retainage. Um, and some of them are occupy the same the same lane, but we just wanted to kind of unpack uh, what what that was. There's a nice article uh, from Intuit about factoring, uh, invoice factoring, but basically that is a third party buying the open invoices at a discount. Uh, and there's some nice uh, resources there about um, you know how to how to manage and how to account for that. Um, now retainage is more in the construction uh, field where a third party is kind of withholding. Uh, a percentage of the of the invoice until it's paid for in full, and then they release that percentage minus their fees. Um, where, where factoring is, they're just buying the open in, invoices at a discount. Uh, but the, all of this is not to be confused with a, a retainer, which is an upfront deposit uh, prior to work being being done. Um, and then there's something you know within factoring uh, as far as like invoice financing. Uh, where it's, a, it's actually a short-term loan uh, for, uh, for invoices for basically uh, against your open invoices. Uh, and there's a, there's a new feature, a new-ish feature in, inside of QuickBooks. Some of them, you know, some companies don't even have it yet, but it's get paid up front uh, where you can use your QuickBooks payments and, uh, you know, get that kind of loan against the, the open invoice, get it funded first. Uh, and then as long as it gets paid back within 30 days, uh, you avoid the, the, the fees. Uh, but there's other, you know, pre-funding, uh, pre-funding apps out there as well uh, that will do invoice financing, which has nothing to do with factoring, retainage, or retainers. <laughs> but uh, take a look at that. And then uh, kind of coming in for a landing here, uh, we always have a monthly uh, question about unapplied cash payments, right? So... This is uh, something that is only uh, only in QuickBooks Online and only on a cash basis. Um, the situation typically only happens in two case, uh, two cases. Um, legitimately, there is a payment, you know, customer payment that is unapplied, uh, or what happens a lot of times is that uh, payments are recorded inside of QuickBooks, and that date is prior the invoice. So when you're looking at a cash basis profit and loss, the profit and loss sees the payment first and then has to recognize an income. And then when it actually gets to the date of the invoice, then it goes through unapplied cash payment and then into the real uh, revenue accounts that are on the that are on the invoice. Uh, so this is often a uh, a challenge, right? Because 
uh, especially, you know, kind of going back to the last thing, if, if you have uh, a retainer or an upfront deposit and they've recorded it as a payment and they're on a cash basis, it's all, you know, a lot of what, it, you know, <laughs> perfect storm, you know, things, stars have to align in order for this to happen. But they recorded a payment uh, ahead of the invoice uh, as a as an upfront deposit. And that's the easiest way to to handle that. You're going to see this in uh, in the profit and loss because the payment is dated prior to the invoice. There's other ways to handle upfront retainers and, and deposits. Uh, so that doesn't happen. Uh, but this is typically, you know, the situation that, that will cause that and reversing the date range or actually correcting the transaction flow so that you can receive the upfront uh, retainer uh, ahead of time uh, in a different way so that it doesn't actually post against uh, accounts receivable then that will actually work. There's a uh, uh, blog article that I wrote about it. So you can always um, review that there. So we're in a little bit over, uh, but I did want to throw out the last, our one and only poll question. Did you learn something new today? There was a, there's a lot of things to unpack there. Uh, many, uh, any Anything that I missed, uh, uh, Michelle, that you saw in the chats uh, and questions going through? I think you did a great job. Um, I, I, um, I think you did a great job going through it all of it. A lot of new stuff out there. Mary said some, there's one client in her list that's never been a client of hers. She doesn't understand how it got there and she wants it gone. Um, so I would go in there and try to delete it. Somebody did say they don't see the ability to delete the client yet. Um, are they rolling that out? Um, is that something that they're rolling out? So maybe somebody just hasn't um, gotten it yet or do they I'm, need to clear the cash yeah. or try incognito? I, well, I saw it on my, when I went to my client list, let me just uh, quick, quickly pop up here. I'll sign in. Just my dummy, uh, dummy account. I saw it uh, for some and I didn't see it for others. Right. So, and I didn't so know, I didn't understand. Yeah. Like this, this guy here, uh, I can't. Right. So it, it's got. Now, what well, probably? Oh, his 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 QBO is a cancel, right? So that might be uh, that might okay. be the challenge, you know. So they don't have an active subscription. That makes sense. So you can't uh, get rid of them. Yeah, you can't uh, can't delete them if they are uh, not active. Like this one here. Uh, if I get over there, there I have the delete permanently uh, option. He's an active uh, customer. These are canceled. So they have to have so would, active active subscription to get rid of them well, well that kind of no. <laughs> well no here's this is interesting this one is there's a cancel company okay so there goes my theory uh, yeah because i want to get <laughs> I rid do of have the app yeah i mean you can always make them inactive right and that's going to hide them off of a list uh, but of course you still have a connection and if there is if there is an action uh, an active uh, subscription you could potentially be receiving emails, um, you know, and, and those types of things. Another thing would be if you are the primary admin, you have to uh, transfer that to the customer first before um, before deleting that. So that may also be uh, a factor as, as well. Uh, so we did go over a little bit. So I appreciate uh, everyone who did kind of stick around that extra time, um, even during busy tax season. Uh, so we appreciate you joining us here today. Uh, any closing thoughts for, for, you, for you, Michelle? Nope. Just thanks, Dan, for everything. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.
except for Dan, who will be in the warm climes of somewhere fun. I don't know if you want to mention it, but thank you all for being here. <laughs> well, I'll let you know if I lose my luggage. Uh, <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> all right. Have a great day. We'll see you next time on the, on the QB Power Hour. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.